My man, JG. What's going on, brother? Jonathan Galloway, Mr. Galloway. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How's everything going? It's good. Welcome to the show, man. As we were just talking off air, I'm I'm excited to have you on. Long time overdue. Mr. Podcast himself. (laughs) I don't know if that's a nickname you've ever had, but I'm... Yeah, you know, I have been called Mr. Podcast. Maybe not in the best way, you know. It's, it's been like, go sit over there, Mr. Podcast. It's like, all right, I'll, I'll go over here. You Interesting. Know? Interesting. <laughs> I, naturally, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself, but I kind of want to ask about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was with a group of friends, and they were having a discussion about something. And, you know, I kind of walked into the conversation, and... <laughs> It, the, I can't remember the nature of the conversation, but I just remember I kind of snickered and then a girl was like, go sit over there, Mr. Podcast. And it was just like it, it. I remember that moment forever. I have no idea what the conversation was about, but I know that I don't think I was supposed to be laughing. And I remember laughing. So but that's you know, that we've had conversations about just being outside and, and being, you know, my, my many nicknames, you know, so. Yeah, it's always an interesting circumstance when you're in the middle of a conversation where you shouldn't be laughing because it probably shouldn't be funny. Yeah. And you can't help yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's and it's sometimes like, you know, like people have shots. It's like, hey, like I'm a little bit more giggly. Like, So excuse me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There's, there's another very specific question about that I want to ask you. But before that, before we get too far down <laughs> on tangents and conversations mm-hmm. and whatnot, mm-hmm. for the listeners who are unfamiliar with Mr. Podcast, which we're going to help you reclaim that name, by the way. OK. Use it in the best of ways. Uh-huh. Kind of, uh, introduce yourself. Tell, tell the listeners who you are. And Absolutely. Jonathan J.G. Galloway, educator podcast pioneer i run a podcast network and studio audio wave network here in detroit i've told myself and and many other people that you know i kind of pushed the culture for it when it came to podcasting out of the city of detroit so i I wear that i wear that humbly and and honorably you know i've been in education for six years transitioned out of the classroom most recently so now i'm a alumni director great times Tired times, uh, but we're, we're working. Father, husband, you know, I can't forget those titles too. Hi there, Coach Alex here from A-Team Fitness. Thanks for listening as I share incredible transformation stories directly from the source themselves, the individuals doing the work and seeing the results. We'll take a behind the curtain peek at the mental and physical changes that make for amazing transformation. I'm glad you're here. And after the episode, I hope you feel empowered to begin making some transformative changes of your own. Let's dive in. You wear so many different hats. Oh, yeah. One thing that stuck out to me about that is you use the term educator initially instead of teacher. And I found Mm -hmm. that really interesting and really cool because educator seems to encompass much more. I know teacher has a lot of connotations, both good and bad, but educator seems just more meaningful as a... Mm -hmm as a descriptor. To be honest, when when I switched out of the classroom, I kind of stopped saying teacher because of being a teacher is you're really in the trenches. Like you're really, I, I don't like to use the classroom as the trenches, but you're really in it. Like you're really in the the space. And it's it's 
it's really all due credit to teachers and and me as a as a former teacher the credit you put in to be in the classroom but as an educator i look at it as like someone who's involved with the the educational process processes and still in, in the like classrooms you know every blue moon but for the most part like i don't it's days where i may not talk to a student or you know it's just i'm doing back-end work for the students and it's just like i don't have much interaction so yeah that's why i use the term not educator instead of you know uh teacher it stuck out to me because i I think I'm going to use the term label, although I mean it, I think in a different context and not a negative one. When we like with labels in particular, I think it's very important to choose them selectively. Mm -hmm. Right. So like for me in the same boat, I stopped calling myself a personal trainer after two years in the industry Mm -hmm. because it felt like it didn't encompass enough of what I was trying to accomplish and what I was trying to do. And it came with its own connotations. You know, if someone meets me, I tell them, you know, and I, they hear that I'm a personal trainer. They get a very clear picture of who they think that I am. Already. They create their, their own. Yeah. So, and that's, that's part of it. So it was when I was, when I was saying, even though I was out of the classroom, I would say like, yeah, I'm a teacher. And it's, what do you teach? It's like, oh, well, I'm not a teacher. Like, because I I don't teach anything. I, I, I work in a school, I work in school buildings, but I don't work specifically with the subject. So it's just like, no, like, I mean, I used to teach, but now I'm, I'm this position. So. Yeah. And I can also appreciate having to explain what you do. Every time. Term doesn't do enough. You know, I, I refer to myself as a fitness coach, which people will initially go to personal trainer. And then I got to kind of reel them back into having the full picture of what it is that I do in terms of the conversations and the lifestyle factors and the mindset stuff and all of the behind the scenes, like it's, it's more, it's more than just the body. Like, uh, I think what you do is more than just, it, it doesn't, um, the, just the body and working out just doesn't fit everything. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah. absolutely. It also reminds me of a story. So I bagged groceries when I was in high school, first job I ever had. Mm-hmm. And I remember being embarrassed to tell people that I bagged groceries, even though I was one of the only students that had a job, right? Like I had my (laughs) own money. I was yeah. Like we did, like we had the worst jobs when we were kids. Like that's what you're supposed to, I was never embarrassed. Well, I had a, I had a pretty good job. So I think, you know, part of it may have stemmed growing up in Ann Arbor. There's definitely um, a wide spectrum of socioeconomic status. Mm -hmm. So there are, people coming from families that don't have a lot of money. And there's people coming from families who have like boo boo bucks, like mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of money, not as bad as some of the towns next to us, but we still get a little bit of it. And so there were some kids who were very well off, didn't have to work, drove nice cars. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, you know, I'd play, place myself kind of in the middle of that spectrum. Like we certainly weren't well, well off, but we certainly didn't have the same concerns and challenges that a lot of other people had. And absolutely very fortunate for that. But nevertheless, having this job bag and grocery very early on, this was kind of my first foray into changing the labels of how we perceive ourselves mm. is I would tell people that I worked in grocery logistics. <laughs> I, I, true. I mean, I, I can't be mad at it. And pe- I remember people thought I was crazy for using it. Like, what? What does that even mean? Especially my classmates that nobody knew what logistics meant when you're 15 years old. It's it's something that's easy. It just sounds fancy when you're 15, 16. It's like, 
Yeah. Oh, like. But it, it, it came with a sense of empowerment because it felt like I felt cooler working in grocery logistics than I was a bag boy or whatever <laughs> it was, you know? You, you know, um, that's one thing I would say about like first jobs is just it, it really I'm not saying being a, a grocery store like logistics, <laughs> like it, but it shapes who you, you are kind of like those first job experiences is those are little gems that you take like, oh, I remember this happened here or or whatever the case may be like you probably bag groceries better than anyone at self-checkout like you're OK, this goes here, this goes here. You know, my first job was Radio Shack. So it, you know, buying podcast equipment and things like that. I didn't know, you know, that, hey, I'm going to work at Radio Shack. And then years later, I'm going to be shopping for podcast studio equipment and, you know, going back to the, well, can't go back to Radio Shack, but, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it gave me a sense of like, I know a little bit, like I know where I'm headed at least. Yeah. And that's important. You're right. My, the first couple jobs I had when I was younger, I hated all of them. And I think that was the most important thing because then it made me realize early before I had too much skin in the game, what it was like to work a job that I hated. And I didn't (laughs) want to do that forever. You you know, it's crazy. I actually loved every job I've, I've hated one job I've ever had. And I was like, yeah, that was the reason why I hated it is because it was no people. There were no people there. Like it was, it was probably four employees and we all sat like super far. So it was just like lonely. Like, it was just like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a talker, a people person. Like if, if I have a great co-working team, we can figure out, we can figure it out. Like, but it's just like, if I'm by myself, it's just like, I hate it here. Like <laughs> I need, need friends. Like what are we doing here guys? I mean, there were definitely positive aspects of each job for sure. Like the friends you made and goofing off yeah. and stuff like that. Like I remember another random story about bagging groceries. One of our tasks was bringing the carts in. Mm-hmm. The and so we would have these hooks. They were metal hooks on this big. I know exactly like, what you're talking about. I see them all the time. Yeah. yeah. So we would hook the front, big line. And uh, one of the things we used to do for fun, because at the end of the night, if you work the closing shift, it was at um, basically a strip mall complex in town here in Ann Arbor. And we would have to walk around the entire complex because sometimes people mm-hmm. would take the carts to the bus stop or to mm-hmm. other stores or whatever. So we'd have to do that. And that was our favorite part of the night because we got to just mess around while we're walking around this shopping plaza. But we would take two of these hooks, we'd hook them together and we would pull it until it was tight and we would swing it like a double Dutch rope. And the goal, because when it the metal hooks hit the ground, you could make sparks. And our goal was to see how many times we could make sparks with the hooks. <laughs> No, that's that's the, those are the things that you see kids doing. You'd be like, what are they doing? Like, why are they doing? <laughs> but it's like, nah, I would have did it too if I was a kid. Like, yeah. you know, like it's just like, what are they? Doing? I get it. They're kids. As I tell the story too, it dawns on me that that is a perfect example of pre-smartphone era. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Cause I don't think I got my first smartphone until I was 21. And so I had to been 15, 16 at this time. So this was how we entertained ourselves. We didn't have nothing to do. No. And, and that's, to be honest, that's really how we, we had a different level of fun compared to like the students I teach now. It's just like, not nah, like we didn't record things. It's like, no, like 
we we had to like we had to live off memories like just tell the stories on and you remember this happened or you may have a digital camera picture to be like hey remember this night and then it's just like oh yeah i remember this night so times have changed we're we're, yeah. we're the older crowd now it's true it's, it's hard to admit it but it's true uh jg tell me you know let's talk about the podcast in a little bit mm-hmm. i know that's a big part of your identity too and that's how i first learned of your existence essentially was brian cooper comedian coop city giving him a shout out oh yeah uh, you know you had interviewed him on one of your podcasts yeah right before the interview he was in town by this point him and i had been working together maybe a full year mm-hmm. and we arranged where I was going to drive out to him. We met up for a drink right beforehand. That was my first time meeting him in person. And uh, which you and I have not met in person yet. We, we haven't. We haven't. You you know, it's crazy. I was when I, I I'm a I'm a I pay attention. I pay attention a lot. Like I see when someone tags someone, who is this person? Like, OK, oh, this is a trainer. He's a virtual trainer. Oh, like click follow just because I know he's like like when I when I seen you guys, like um, I think I even I don't know if I asked Coop a question about his training on on the podcast, but it piqued my interest so much. I'm like virtual training. Like, how does this like it was everything that was like just a curiosity, the the journalist approaching me um, and it was just like, I need to know who this guy is. Like, I need to know he's training Coop like. All right. So he's he's a trainer like me and Coop always joke, but it's just like. Like, all right, you're famous. I'm famous. We're famous. Like, we're going to be super famous. And hey, all right, cool. But I was like, Alex is a trainer of the stars. So it's just like, I need to know who he is and, and get close to him. So that was um, that was part of it. And then just like um, just my my journey in podcasting actually is is um, is interesting. Like, it's interesting to say, say the least. And I'll, I'll condense the story as much as possible. Um, so I was. 2014, um, I got sick. Like I got sick and I was like in the house for a while. Like I had surgery and I was just like in the house with nothing to really do. Like I was just TV showed out. Like it was just like, all right, there's only so many episodes of Game of Thrones that I could binge. Like this was on, I think they may have been only on season three. Um, so it's just like, all right, that, that was 30 hours done. Like what's next? So, you know, as as I keep you know going, I, I find podcasts. And my wife was like, "Hey, try this. Listen to this. Um, see if it piques your interest." So it's like 2014, and I'm listening. I'm like, "Oh, this is cool. Like, this is like it sounds like people just talking with their friends and and just having a great time." So I asked a buddy of mine. He came over. We were like playing video games, and instead of like having like music playing, I have a podcast playing. He's like, "What is this? What you listening to?" He's like, "Is this the radio?" I was like, "No, it's a podcast." Yeah, like, what's a podcast? I go into explaining it the best way I can, which I still use this explanation today when I talk to older people. It's basically on-demand radio without commercials, and they're like, "Oh, that makes sense." So. So I explained it to him that way. And then he was just like, we should do this. And I was like, we should. And then like, you know, fast forward, we, we started at first, we started with a, a YouTube channel where we were recording videos, reviewing Game of Thrones and Walking Dead. So that was my first podcast like experience. It was like this review show on shows that I wasn't really too interested in watching in the first place. So it's just like, 
I'm giving this like really brash like opinion on these shows. Like, why didn't they just shoot every like you know Walking Dead? I'm just like this doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> take everything and just leave. Like, so I'm giving these opinions, and you know it's funny. It's but it's like I know I know where I fit, so I know how to add comedic value or or to make the the moment serious and just like to narrate a story kind of like for the audience. So at the end of these episodes, I used to always say like our podcast is going to be coming soon, like an actual podcast is coming soon. And then one day we had a we didn't have any mics. We had a camera. We had a camera and we put the lens over the camera to like lower the quality of the video. So so it wouldn't be such a large file. And um, we released this black video on YouTube and you just hear our, our first podcast. So. That was my that was my podcast start. Very, very interesting beginnings. Yeah. But now it's expanded because now you're running a podcast network. Yes. So it's the network, the network. I, I'm like I said, I'm really observant and a, a student of of watching people like, OK, like I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. I can do that. So, you know, listen to podcasts and they started running ads and it was just like, all right, how do you do that? And then it's just like, let me figure it out. Let me figure it out and, and kind of put something together. So I sent some emails out to say like, hey, I have this podcast. We're interested in um, we're interested in advertising for your product. Um, we have this is our following. I can do it for product. If you're interested, you don't have to pay me. You just give me free product. And, you know, we call it a day. Well, that actually worked very, very well. So we were getting boxes and shipments of just like, like basically, I think we were some of the first like <laughs> influencers, like podcast influencers, because we weren't, I wasn't doing anything for money. It was all products. So they're sending me these boxes and, or, or dropping off cases. I just posted recently on my story, uh, uptime, uptime energy drink great relationship with them like they're they'll drop me off cases of uptime energy almost whenever so that's that guerrilla kind of marketing like led me to like okay if i can do this for us i can do this for everybody and, but it was we got our first check and it was just like hey like i want to get paid for this so uh every listener we get give me 10 cents per download something small and we weren't like popping out episodes to where it was like we were getting thousands of downloads it was like around 200 300 an episode which was pretty good coming like maybe our third month in podcasting where i think we just got our first set of equipment so this is like this is still early so our, our first check i remember was 2034 cents like our first podcast check ever and i was just like oh <laughs> okay like now i can see where where this can be lucrative or not, to be honest i never looked at it as being lucrative it was just i can do this for everybody else like everybody else can get a small check to do a podcast or an endorsement deal for something they like and and they'll be okay so that's what the plan was and a lot of people there were there wasn't really any like known podcast studios or spaces in the city yet so it was just like I got you. Don't worry about it. So audio wave network 
uh, was birthed from there. And then it was just like, okay, now I have shows. Now, how do I, how do I coach people into, you know, wanting to do podcasts and, and telling their stories and, and how to do it um, where they feel comfortable and, you know, their audience feels comfortable. So that's, that's where we're at now, five years later. That's uh, that's an incredible story. As you're, as you're telling that story, I was, I was battling in my head, whether I was, cause I want to take a step back for a second to when, oh, absolutely. You, when we were talking about um, Coop, your interview with Coop on the show, mm-hmm. kind of seeing him tag me and going. Yeah. And cause I think there's a valuable lesson in there for the listeners, which is a little bit of strategy on my part mm-hmm. to ensure that he brought me up on that episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause him and I were trying to figure out when we were going to meet. And I remember him telling me, Oh, you know, I have these times open over the course of the weekend. And you know, the only thing I got going on, I think it was a Friday. He's like on Friday, I got this podcast interview then, but I could do it before on Saturday. I got this event, but I could do it before or after. Yeah. 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 And I remember him saying he had the podcast and I'm like, you know what? I need to see him before that podcast. Have to listen. <laughs> and, and I, that's, that's crazy. Like it's, because I knew when to place the podcast too, because I want to be before everything else, because now it's like you will go to every event and like I had a dope experience yesterday at this like so it's 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 all positioning and timing like everything is is for a reason, you know, so yeah, like that's that's actually incredible that's that funny that you did the same thing, and I think that's just the best way to to get people you know from a business perspective top of mind without it being pushy right because yeah. him and i i didn't ask about the podcast one time when i met him we were having a conversation i was learning about him we mm-hmm. just were kicking it having a good time but i knew when he went to that podcast i would be fresh on his mind and then inevitably some conversation would come up that would trigger him being like oh you know i just yep. met my coach for the first time he came out had a drink with me no that's placement for sure like it's it's you do that like i do that all the time where it's like it's not so much of it's just seizing the opportunity or seizing the moment. Like yeah. if someone says like, Hey, I'm going to do a radio interview later on today, but yeah, we can definitely talk and chop it up. Yes. I want to talk to you before the radio interview, like, <laughs> because it makes the most sense. Like it makes the most sense on me talking to you before then, because now who knows, I may get a shameless plug. <laughs> like, and, right. and it's okay. <laughs> like, there's a, there's a little bit of strategic thinking involved. Absolutely. Right? Like Absolutely. Which is interesting because I was listening to an interview that you did. I don't remember mm-hmm. which one, but you were talking about podcasting. You were talking about audio, uh, audio wave network. Mm-hmm. And you had said, see if I can remember verbatim. You had said that the business side of things was a little bit more uncomfortable. It was a little bit more foreign to you, but put you mm-hmm. in front of a microphone. I'm here (laughs) and it's 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 still true i'm getting better like i would never say like i'm a a business savant when it comes to you know navigating this space but when you if you tell me like hey i want to start a podcast and this is the idea i have let's go like this there's there's probably nobody better to to assist you or or to navigate that space with you you know than me because it's I'm going to I'm going to tap into your audience. I'm going to figure out what your audience is. I'm going to help you structure the show. I'm going to help you produce the show, edit the show, promote the show. So it's just like it's so like that's that's who I am. That's where, you know, that's where I got my my bread and butter. We were talking about nicknames 
And earlier on in like podcasting, I had two nicknames or well, three actually. It was and it was all these these music giants. So it was it was Joe Jackson. <laughs> it was a podcast. They said like I was just so aggressive. I was just I was hype. I was just always like you know making sure they were on time and everything was right. So that was that was a funny one. The other one was. Puff Daddy of podcasting. They said I would I would dance my way through everyone's podcast. Like I'll hop in on anybody's podcast on the network. If I'm in the building, I'm you'll probably hear me on the mic. So so yeah, and and that was that was really the only two that kind of stuck with me was was those two. But you know, it's it's true. You know, like the the business is is getting better. You know, like I've been in spaces to where I'm learning how to navigate business, how to navigate. Not not sponsorship dollars so much anymore, but like funding, like how to get funding, how to get paid to to be a brand or to be like to get paid to be JG. Like, oh, you need JG the podcaster. So here I am. And, you know, that's that's an added layer where we talk about the many hats I wear. It's just like sometimes just a brand like I have to be the brand to like go teach kids to podcast or something, you know, and that's yeah. that's where it is. By the way, screw the Mr. Podcast nickname, Puff Daddy or Podcast. That's the winner right there. <laughs> you, said, you said that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a good time. So how do you, how, or how are you driving yourself to learn and get better at the business side of things? To be honest, it's, it's being around more podcasters. So I was recently at a podcast festival in Atlanta. Memorial Day weekend, Memorial Day weekend, and just seeing like seeing how they navigate. Like sometimes these spaces, I always say this. Sometimes these spaces aren't for you to just learn, like to learn from like the sessions, but you learn from the people around the sessions. And that was really, really what I was taking in when people were asking questions. I was like, wow, like yeah, here's the answer to your question. But that question sparked another thing in me to like, oh, I'm creating this when I get home, you know. So. Those are the things that are are helping me, you know, get better at at podcasting, to be honest. So and then also just just trusting myself, trusting my my abilities to to do it. Like it was it was a lack of confidence, mostly to say, like, uh, I don't know if I can be in this space or I don't know if I feel comfortable being in the business side of things. And it's just like, nah, like, it's okay. Like, you got it. Like you just like. Just like you've entered every space where you weren't comfortable, like teaching like was never like teaching was never even on in the on my bingo board to to say, like, I'm going to be a teacher one day, like never. So that was a space where it's like you've never done this before, but look at how you're navigating it. Yeah. It, you know, network and, and trust in yourself are two really, really important things. And it makes me think of kind of, you're right, the value in those conferences or those networking events or whatever is not in the content because you can get that online for Absolutely. small price tag and consume it at your, at your leisure. You don't have to travel for that anymore. Mm-hmm. But it really is the people that you're meeting, the connections you're making and, and being open to those new experiences. And that's, you know, how I met my other coach, Chris, who's on my team, how I met him was at one of those conferences. Mm. Like, cause he lives up in Edmonton, Canada. Like we never would have crossed paths <laughs> yeah. not for a conference I went to back in 2019. And I think a lot of people, it's e- admittedly myself included, it's easy to not 
do those types of events or go to mm-hmm. those types of events? Because it is a lot of, it's a big commitment financially, time-wise, traveling, et cetera. But I do think there's a lot of value in exposing yourself to those different mindsets and the different experiences. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually like, it, it, it surprises people, but I'm naturally like an introvert when it comes to these spaces. Like I'll just sit and watch and listen. Like I, <laughs> it's, it's rare that I'll, I'll say, you know, I'll be out on the limits. Like, Hey, how you doing? I'm, I'm such like, nah, that's not, that's not, that's not really me. So it's just like, for the most part, I'm an observer. And then it's just like, I'll speak like if there's a question or if I have a question, I'll speak. But as far as like, just like um, seeing a group of people and be like, hey, guys, like that's not that's not really my forte. Um, but I'm also getting better at that, too, of where it's just like, hey, you need to talk to more people to let them know who you are. And so I'm curious, how do you personally make connections at these events, given that you're naturally introverted when you go to these spaces? <laughs> to be honest, I, I most of the time you they may have heard something about me or, or or and then they'll they'll approach and then it's just like now I'm immersed in a conversation. Or I remember my first podcast conference, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was from Idaho. And he he was like, Hey man, you seem like you're just out of place right here. I'm just gonna chill with you. I don't have I don't know anybody here. I'm such and such. I was like, oh, I'm JG. This is what I do. He's like, oh, bet. He's like, I'm rolling with you all weekend. So literally, he's like, hey, take my number now. I'll let you know where I'm at. And it was just like, like we're 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 great. Like I, <laughs> we're great podcast friends. I'll just say we're great friends. But we're, we're great podcast friends. So where it's like, I'll hit him up. Like, hey, you going to this podcast conference or are you going to this one? And he'll be like, yeah, I'll be there. It's like, all right, I'll see. I'll see you there, or I may not make it. So. It's we have a great relationship when it comes to these conferences and festivals because I know he's in the industry and he's gonna he's gonna look out for me or he's gonna you know once I get there it's like he'll lead the way and it's just he'll be like, oh this is JG he does this this and this and it's like all right bet I just need a front man like just give me a front man and we're here like but when I'm by myself you know if if I see I'm good on picking out people that are are like me like hey like hey what's your name like I'm JG this is what I do like. It's your first conference, you know, like I'm not trying to like mingle with like, like, oh, this is the must meet person of this event. It's like, all right, like, no, I want to meet the people who are here just like me, kind of, you know, lost in it or or not really, not really good at, at networking. I want to talk to those people because I don't know, like we just usually click like those people are usually the people that, you know, I get like get more out of like business wise or just like friendship wise, it's like I'll, I'll get something out of that relationship as, as opposed to like the headlining act of the podcasting festival. Yeah, it definitely you make a bigger splash. It's a more impactful interaction than somebody who's talking to everyone because they're mm-hmm. not going to remember you. Right. It's not memorable yeah. in any way. Exactly. It, 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 to touch on the point of kind of trusting yourself, because we're essentially all making it up as we go. It's mm-hmm. an interesting perspective to think about, especially when it comes to mentoring or coaching other, in your case, other podcasters. In my case, you know, when I, whenever I talk to newer fitness coaches in the space, it's really interesting for me. And I'm, as I'm sure it is for you too, it's, you know, I feel totally confident giving advice about, structuring their coaching business and what to do and things to learn and skills to build from the moment you start to the, where I am in this industry now, 
right? Like anything in between, I feel super confident about. It's all the stuff that I haven't yet done. Yeah. Naturally so, right? Where that's where I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'm the person to be talking about this, right? Like, mm-hmm. and so hearing you talk about how the business side of things is kind of where you are, I'll say most uncomfortable, regardless of what level of comfort you might actually have. It's interesting how you talk about it with some of the people that you mentor or the podcast that you produce, where up to the point that you've gotten when it comes to sponsorships and your experiences there, super confident talking about that. But it sounds like all of the stuff where you still want to take the network in the future is where it's like, okay, now I'm business out of that. Like what's the next level is a little bit more. Yeah. And, and the reason why I, I always speak on, on things that I'm not good at rather than things that I'm great at is because the, the, the person that I'm talking to may be like, Hey, I can assist with that. Or, Hey, let's, let's go this way with it, or let's figure it out together. And I can help you. Um, because that's essentially what the network was for. It was to build community. Um, because I, I, it's things that I'm terrible at. Like social media is, is like the bane of my existence. Like I can do it. It's just, I need guidance. So, you know, there's always going to be, uh, like checking in the professionals of the podcast that I, I work with. It's like, Hey, I'm a social media manager. It's like, are you like, okay. Like, can you assist me in building this out so I can like navigate this space, you know, on my own. And, and that's where, you know, that's why I talk about the things that I'm not good at, you know, because if, if I don't share then no one will ever know. And it's just like, I'm hiding this dark secret. that's like, I'm struggling. And it's just like, no, like, I want to be honest and open because someone is going to hear and say, JG, I got you. I think don't, don't worry about it. Like this is, this is what we're here for. And that's such a powerful perspective because you're right. Most people, myself included at one point or another, keep our insecurities and the things we're not good at under wraps. We don't want people to know that we don't have the skills or the knowledge in this area. And you're right. That cuts us off from getting a very insight or help that we may need to get us to the next level. You, you know, it's interesting before, before this, I knew nothing about editing audio. I knew nothing about really talking to talent about structuring a podcast. None of this, I knew none of it, like absolutely none of it. Like, I know I'm, I'm, this is, I'm on like maybe my sixth year of like still learning, but it's, it's interesting. Like I did, I had a contract deal with uh, NPR to do a show. Like someone was recording their show in my studio and um, it was something I did wrong. And I was just like, Hey, I'm not a complete audio editor. Like I didn't go to school for this. Like I went to YouTube university. Like, so like, if it's wrong then show me how to fix it and it won't get, it won't be wrong again. And it was just like, I think sometimes we have, especially I think men mostly have like that, that, ego where it's like, I can't let this shield down, but it's just like more recently, my shield is on the ground. Like, cause I'm doing, I'm, I'm tracking in territory that I've never been here. Like I'm in, I'm in a coding program and it's just like, when I tell you it's the most humbling experience ever, it's just like, I'll think I'm doing something right for an hour and a half, two hours. And then I get to the end. It's like, Hey, this whole thing was wrong. And it's just like, are you serious? Like, so I got to go. So, but it's just like the, having the ability to ask for help or, or feeling confident in asking for help and those things, it's just like, 
I'm 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 transparent now. Like I, I especially now that I'm in this age. Like I'm I'm 32. You know, I'll be 33 this year, and it's just like I'm expecting my second kid this year. It's like all of these things. It's just like I don't have time to like have the shield of my ego up anymore. Like, hey, if I don't know, I don't know. But I'll find out, especially when it comes to podcasting. Like, nah, I'm like if I don't know. Oh, it's it's give me give me an hour and I'll I'll be a, a professional in a minute. But that's just what it is. Like I don't I'm 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 less less uptight now than I than I once was. And and you've that ability to trust yourself is such an important thing for people to recognize because everyone that you see in life is literally making it up as they go. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's why in the program, when I'm coaching people and in my newsletter that I send out every week with different mindset stuff and different topics that I talk about, the general theme across it all is empowering people to understand how they want to think about things and not to tell them how they need to think about things, but to give them insights into, oh, does that make sense for me to think about things this way? Or should I think about it that way? Because since there's no playbook, telling someone what to do or how to think works in a very small number of circumstances until mm -hmm. they achieve the thing and then they have no direction thereafter. But I've always had the position that if you can teach people how they want to think about themselves, about their life, about what they want, and they can adopt these principles or these frameworks that help guide their decisions, that in a lot of ways, I think is what allows us to trust our decisions when we are in that unknown territory. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's, you know, for, for me, all of this is unknown. Like, I don't, I like the podcast network has, has been, especially like with the pandemic, it's been, it's been tough. The, the month to month or daily operation. It's just like some days I don't know what's tomorrow going to look like. Like I don't like schedule wise. Yeah. It's three shows on the schedule tomorrow. But as far as like what my day to day looks like on, when it comes to this, it's, it's, it's getting better. Um, I would say that because now I'm, I'm scheduling like think time, like, you know, like before I was just moving, like, all right, I got to do these shows. I got to do these edits. I got to send these out. That's it. Right. And it was no, all right, when do you have time to like think, talk and, and just like, like breathe, like breathe, but creatively breathe. Like, all right, what's the new shows we're developing? What's the ne next concept we're having? What's the next event we're having it? And, and these things like are leading me now to be like, okay, like now everything is just, it, it's, I told someone the other day, like I'm moving very methodically and it's almost, it's almost scary to me because it's, it's, it's no emotion involved. It's just like, okay, like this is what we got to do. It's like that, that like, I, I'm, I feel emotion like outside of this, but it's just like, I'm moving with the intent. I'm moving with the intention and not so much of, oh, this is going to take forever. Like the, like what was me thing? It's like, no, like let's get this done. Let's get this done with this, get this done. And let's figure everything else out in the back end. You know, I, I like where I'm moving. I like how I'm moving. I would say that it's just, there's not enough time in the day, you know? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And that's the interesting thing about, you know, building a business is you, at some point, everyone learns if they're in it long enough, that same experience of it kind of feels like, I wouldn't say the emotions go away, but we just have better control mm -hmm. over the emotions and how they're expressed. Right. Cause this hard, you have to be able to keep your emotions in check. Cause I don't know about you, but and still today, sometimes I wake up and business feels like a house of cards, like it's doing well, but it's like any moment 
it could go away. <laughs> like <laughs> any moment, uh, you you know, like COVID was a COVID was that moment for me. Like where it was like you know operating at this peak of like we're like live shows, crushing it on the stage. You know, like t- about twenty three podcasts weekly. Like everything was good. You're, we're having events. Sponsorships are coming in. COVID hits, and it's just like, wait, like, wait, like this. This is a new form of pod. Like this isn't a new form of podcasting. But everyone wasn't doing this. You know, everyone wasn't using you know Zoom or other virtual platforms to podcast on. And it's just like now it's like this is the norm. Like this is the norm for people. But for me, it was just like, no, nah, like we're we're in studio. We, we this is like I set this up. So now it's just like, how do you pivot? Like, how do you pivot to keep business successful? And then also, how do you pivot from those people who were podcasting weekly? to now it's just like, I don't, I don't have a desire to podcast anymore. And it's just like. I, I understand, like I understand because it's like you take six months off because of a pandemic and it's just like you lose the luster, you know? So it's now it's, it's, it's on me to like reinvent this space and, and, and help curate that space and help make people feel comfortable again to, to continue to to be in it. Yeah. And I think that's why what you talk about with the pandemic and podcasting and some of the people that you were producing for kind of got out of it and stopped Mm -hmm. being motivated to do it. That's why I think having a very clear purpose is Mm -hmm. so, so, so important. Because, and I'm sure this is true for you with the podcast network. When I, when the pandemic hit for me and all the gyms closed down and the in-person side of my business was a wrap, like it was done and there was no telling what the future held. I had the most clarity Mm. and focus that I had ever had. I'm like, this, this is very clear to me now. I still have the mission I had before. How it's going to happen is going to be a little different because I don't have that aspect. Although I was already doing online coaching at the time. And it was just like, people need what I'm offering now more than ever. So let's go. Like, this is game time, essentially. And uh, did you have a similar experience where when the pandemic hit, it was very clear, like, I got I'm going to make this work. And this is how it's going to No, not at all. Not at all. I was very depressed. (laughs) So up until up until probably that, like, maybe maybe like 2021 it just didn't feel right like it didn't feel right i couldn't it was like the the number like it business like dwindled drastically mm-hmm. because there's I, I always preach three things in podcasting creativity content and consistency like those are the three c's that i always push in podcasting and one of the like consistency is the biggest so it was I couldn't, I couldn't make the shift. Like I just couldn't, it couldn't click because also I had just came back from my first podcast conference ever in March of 2020. So I have all this information and all these things I want to share and do. And it's just like lights off, like no studio. So it's just like, it literally like it dug me into a hole. Like I was just like, I don't want to talk about podcasting. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to like, it was just like, I couldn't, I couldn't shift. Like I couldn't shift. And it took, it took a while. Like, and I think to, to just be honest, I think I'm still shifting out of it. You know, like that, 
kind of that woe is me that that I was talking about earlier, where it was just like I, I felt it. I felt it was like, you know, I couldn't like because also in that time, like I changed studio, like we had to change studios because they were selling our original building. So this this place that I've called home to for the past four years, four or five years, it's like it's gone now. Like it's like ah, like like it doesn't it doesn't feel right. So but like to transition, it was just like nothing, nothing really felt the same. Like I'm I'm really still trying to restore the feeling that I that I had, and like I still have super love for podcasts, and like those feelings like definitely like peak out when it's when you know I'm working with new clients and things like that. Sometimes it's just like, like I, I have to like it's like a it's like it's like it's like a really great love relationship like it's a really great love relationship like where you know you you go through a, a pat like a rough patch and it's just like how do you make amends and how do you restore the feeling that you once had and those that's the things i'm working on like i'm working on those things now like because a lot of what podcasting is for me is community like it's it's about bringing people together like so um, bringing people together and sharing those stories and and it's, like it's still hard like it's still hard to get people together and still share those stories but you know that's what we're working on it 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 feels good to say like to speak on this like because it's you know it's like i, I talk to like my my team about it all the time it's like hey like i'm struggling like i'm i'm struggling with with my creativeness or 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 like just putting things out reason why is because I'm also constantly adding to my plate. Like I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a glutton for for time-consuming activities. That's like I'm a glutton for that. So you know, it's it's school. It's it's a new baby. It's like all of these things. It's like I'm they they motivate me, but they motivate me to be a better podcaster. So it's like I'm in school to make more money to build the best podcast studio possible. I'm, I'm having a kid like I, I want them to have like all these fruits of my labor. So it's. It's it's rewarding. It's rewarding. It's a journey. It's a fight. It's everything like it's everything. and I love every aspect of it. Like, I, don't get me wrong. Like, I love the ebbs and flows of my my podcast relationship, like my relationship with podcasting. It's it's truly a journey like it's truly a journey but it's it's like rewarding at the end because when i when i can when i create great content like and the podcaster for the first time they be like this was so great and it's just like i'm, I'm happy you loved it you know like i just did a po- i just did a series of podcasts for fifth grade class at a school that they were doing like national disasters so they were all like super nervous i came into their classroom they're all super nervous like tornadoes and it's just like it, it warmed my heart to like produce that content and their parents get to hear it and their parents are like emotional hearing their child on on recording so you know it ebbs and flows but at the end of the day it's, it's just it's like my other marriage you know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i'm glad you shared that experience because i think that's a more common experience during the pandemic than the one that i had yeah it was very rare and i feel again very fortunate but i think i think in in your in your industry like it was not easy but it was a good transition to be like in the the lifestyle game because it's like all right people at home they can't go work out so it's just like hey you got me like so i think like it was but it's also 
I think a testament to you on just being able to navigate that space, because that's also a hard space to navigate. You got people coming on that are dealing with life and it's just like, all right, like here we are, like, let's, let's, let's go. It, it reminds me of our earlier conversation about timing. And I think that mm-hmm. was a serendipitous moment of timing for me, which I've talked about in, in, on other episodes, which is I had already been doing online coaching for two, three years at this point. And so I, you know, when the pandemic hit, every fitness coach went online, but most fitness coaches did it for the first time and were just starting to make the mistakes or to figure out what that looked like for them. Whereas I had already made all of those mistakes. So my program was established. It was up and running. It was a good program. And now it's a great program, but it was a good program. And I think the key to it too, is part of my program, as you have firsthand experience is the level of communication that occurs. Absolutely. It's every day. And I think that people having to choose an online coach because there were no gyms at the time. Right. So got rid of that barrier of comparing traditional coaching Mm -hmm. to online coaching that was gone. People had generally more time on their hands because they had nothing to do. So they were going stir crazy. There were extra concerns about health naturally because of the pandemic, the healthier you are, the better chances of COVID not being serious and people with craving connection. Yeah. (laughs) Whether accidentally or obviously I couldn't have anticipated a pandemic, but my program encompassed all of those things. Because it's you, you now have a new, like you have a new buddy. Like it's like, it's, it's somebody that you're going to talk to probably every day uh, or every other day almost. So it's in, in that sense of, you know, it's, it's a break from your norm. Like, and, and that's, that's what working out is like, I mean, not, not so much of from the norm, but just like, I don't have to like when I'm working out, I don't have to like none of this stuff matters right now because it's like I can't do anything like I mean, I've I've taken student calls on, you know, the Peloton or I, I've done that, but nah, I can't do it right now. I'm I'm hooked into this bike. So it's like I can't get up like or it's like I'm in the middle of a set like I'm not going to stop to to remedy now, no, let me let me clarify that. I'm not. I will, but it's like unless it's an emergency, which nine times ten is not, then we're. I'm going to keep going, and and that's because that's my place of of solace. And I think now also what I've been doing is kind of taking my phone out of the equation. So it's like, all right, let's do not disturb or let's figure it out or just change the time I work out. So. Now it's, it's, it's either early morning or super late at night. And that way it's, it's like, see, I knew you were taking notes. This is, this is like, it's like, all right, let me see how to, how, how to navigate this. Hey, JG, I got this wonderful plan. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but, but, you know, to that, to that point of, of just, just taking a break, like a mental break, like vacation is a mental break for me. Like just where it's just like, all right, like, like I don't, I don't have to be, I don't have to be on call or on demand at all times. I don't have to be JG. I can be just Jonathan Galloway right. or dad or, or husband. Like those are the roles that I can be. And, you know, I'm glad you bring this up because as we've been talking about podcaster, educator, husband, father, 
many other roles that you might hold. You are the prime example of someone who could easily write off the time investment into their health because of how much you have going on in your life. And so you kind of already dabbled on it a little bit just a moment ago, but I'm curious for you, what role and how important is investing in yourself and in your health allow you to show up the best that you can for all of those other hats that you wear? To be honest, if, if I don't work out for like an extended period of time, like my body feels it. And like right now, like I, I'll be transparent. It's been about a week and a half just because of like vacation and school and things like that. But it's, I, I feel it like, you know, I feel it. I feel sluggish. I don't feel like as bright as, as wiry as I usually, like I usually am. I may require like coffee. Like it's times where I don't require, like I can get up and go. And it's like, I'm just naturally with it, you know? But it, it's a it's a journey, you know. I, I would say that it's it's definitely a journey. Like my my fitness journey is is unlike, <laughs> well, it might be like someone's out there, but you know, a lot of times where people build their schedules around their workout, my workout has to fit in my schedule because I, I look at it like this: like my schedule most times is something on my calendar. It's it's for pay. Like I'm I'm getting paid from it, so. It's like, I came like, hey, can we move this to this morning? Because I need to work out at six. It's like, nah, like I, I don't I don't have that luxury. So it's like we we fit it in when we when we need to fit it in. But now what I've been doing is being especially now that I'm home a lot more that school is out. Like my job is year round, but I'm home a lot more. So it's just if I know there's a 30 minute window, let's get a 30 minute workout in. Let's get you know, let's, let's like, let's lift, let's do some squats, let's do something to where we're staying active. And, and, you know, it's, it's, we're feeling good. Um, because one thing I would say is when, when I am actively working out, I, I feel like I have like the glow, like I have a glow about me. So a glow and a bounce where it's like, I don't really get tired. And, and it's like, these are things that I need in order to keep my schedule going. Like I, I need that, that extra energy where I don't need a midday nap or it's like, I, I don't really feel sluggish. Now, the hard part of all of this is the eating. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big component of never eating enough or wait, did I eat today? Like this, that's like if you had to if you had to give me a slogan, it may be, did I eat today? Like because sometimes it'll just be like on the go or on the move. Now I'm being more conscious about the about it where it's like, all right, you know you're gonna be in in this place or on your car in your car for X amount of time. It's just like, let's go grab something. And it'll be like like these like healthy protein balls or or just something where it's like I'm going to get full, but I'm also going to be like, I'm, I'm going to have energy. I'm going to be going and I'm going to have snacks all day. So um, that's really, that's really how I've been doing it. And then also the the second caveat to the, the food part is I have a pregnant wife. So <laughs> sometimes we may have Taco Bell for dinner and it's just like, I, I'm saying here like, this is not going to agree with me. This is not going to agree with me. This is not going to agree with me. But I've learned that you never, ever, you always really got to kind of eat what I got to eat what she eats or it's just like, so you just want to eat a salad in front of me. You trying to like, so I have to like, I have to be like, okay, let's just go. Let's go with the light options and, and just, you know, make it work all in all, man. It's like, 
I think our our time has has shown me like okay like you have to because I know that my body weight fluctuates like it'll I'll go a month straight working out drop thirty pounds and it's just like like people wonder like yo how are you doing this and it's just like when when I'm dedicated oh it's we're here we're there like it's but it's I know that with my schedule and my lifestyle like a fitness regimen is like all right like concentrate like don't put too it's it's always like I always say like don't put too much dip on your chip like don't put too much dip on your chip like reel it in like be like be mindful um but right now it's just like this week like right now I know my days Tuesday thir- Tuesdays Thursdays Fridays and Sundays those are my workout days because it's like I don't I have I don't have class on Tuesday Thursdays usually I'm finishing my class I can do it in the morning Friday easy Fridays and then Sundays is just like most of the time I'm at home like relaxing on Sundays so it's just like let's get something in light quick and you know what I've been doing a lot lately yoga like just like stretching out and just like trying to you know make sure I stay young and limber like by the way puff daddy of podcasting did I eat today is oddly inspirational <laughs> I'm just gonna say Listen, man, I I can't I can't wait to the days that I can afford a personal chef because that, like that's a personal chef is like, you know, some people are like, oh, I want a housekeeper. It's like, no, like I need someone to cook, like just cook, just cook all our meals. Like we're we're a pretty busy family. So it's just like, just cook our meals. We're, we're good to go. Like that's that's it. Let me ask you this totally random question. If you had mm-hmm. to pick one. Would you choose a personal chef or somebody to clean your house? Personal chef all day, every day. Yeah. You know why? Because eating is half the battle. When, you, when you're dealing with like fitness and working out and you want to lose weight or you want to look better, if you can eat right, that's half the battle. Like if you telling me someone can prepare perfectly portioned meals on everything that I need, like, and now all I got to do is eat it. Oh, it's, it's, it's perfect. Like, like so it's easy personal chef like fair enough fair enough. and then it may be personal driver like a chauffeur like person driver and then it's just like we're good to go after that I've, I've thought about that actually and for me personally i don't think i would ever want a personal driver and here's why i get pretty bad motion sickness in cars so if i have Dang. a driver i don't actually think i'd be able to use that time productively Cause if I'm looking at my phone or on my computer or something like that, I'm going to, I'm going to feel terrible. Mm-hmm. And so for me, driving is really the only way that I can not get sick in a car. Mm. And I think it would just defeat the purpose for me. Yeah, it would, you know? Yeah, it, it would. Cause I wouldn't get any of that time back. I would just be sitting in a car that somebody else is like thinking like, um, like it, it actually works for me. Like I love like the Uber from the airport when I, when I get to a city, cause just now it's just like, not paying attention. I don't know where I'm at. Like, hopefully I'm not being kidnapped, but I'm just working. Like, so that sounds safe. You know, one thing that when you were talking about fitting fitness into your schedule that I loved you touching on was a lot of people when they get into fitness or when they're thinking about getting into fitness, trying to integrate fitness into their life, fall into this all or nothing mindset of they got to be all on or they're all off. And so the moment that their schedule gets hectic or they have to move a workout around or they have to shorten a workout, just do a couple of exercises, just 30 minutes on the bike instead of an hour or whatever the case is. Oftentimes people will just do nothing at all. 
because they can't do the full thing. So the thing that I love that you were talking about is your ability to understand that something is better than nothing. And so even if you got to break it up, even if you have to shorten it, even if you got to sneak it in, in between appointments when you can, mm-hmm. even if you're distracted the whole time on your phone, doing stuff for work, whatever the case may be, doing something. You, you know, it's crazy. Whenever I feel like anxious or bored, like in my, and, and this is, this is a luxury for me. Like I know everyone doesn't have like a little home gym set up at their house, but whenever I'm feeling like anxious or, or like I feel bored or, or something, I'll go bench press. Like, and, and it may only last, like it may be like three sets of 10, but I'll take a break, maybe watch TV. Like I have a TV down there. Then it's just like, I'll just start watching sports. Or if I'm just watching a game, then I'll just go like lift weights or, or just do something because it's like, especially when I'm home alone, like if I'm home alone and I'm not watching TV with my wife or talking to my kid or we're not doing like family things, it's like, and I don't have really anything to do. I'll just go like, like something light and not scheduled on, you know, just something like, Hey, let's, let's stay active. Or like, I remember, um, me and my wife were at home watching something and it was like these super long commercial breaks. They've been like Grey's Anatomy or something. Super long commercial breaks. So every time the commercial break would come, I would go downstairs, work out like squats, just, just something where it's just like, I haven't worked out in a while. Let's, let's get back acclimated to it. And it was just like, once I was starting that, then it was just like, all right, I'm ride, go for a ride tomorrow. Or I'll ride my bike outside tomorrow. You, you know, certain things to where it's just like, I, I felt it. You know, I felt better. I, I, I felt the motion. And, and just like, if, if you do something, like my, my main goal, it was, it was for like, I think it was uh, March and April because I was going to Vegas. So it's like, I knew I was going to Vegas, wanted to like, wanted to make sure I was right, you know? So I was just like, do something every day. I don't care. Like whatever it is, just do something every single day. And it was like, it could be like dumbbell press. It could be squats. It could be just do something every single day. And that's where like my mindset for July is like, do something every day. Like same thing. It's just like that do something every day challenge just sticks with me, whether or not it may not be, you know, a full 30 to 40 minute workout. It may just be, 10 minutes of free weights or 10 minutes of cardio or you know like 10 minutes on oh what's the what's the thing i got the uh the boxing game i got with the vr set the oculus so it's like it may just be that and that's cool i think that's okay because that's that's my journey you know that's my fitness journey right and and it's so good you know something is always better than nothing absolutely yeah. yeah. Now I, I want to briefly touch on what, with regards to investing into your fitness mm-hmm. with regards to growing the podcast network or whatever that journey will look like in the future with regards to your own career, how does being a father influence and impact all of that? And that's, that's job number one. <laughs> Everything stops, you know, being, being a dad literally is, it's the, it's the culmination of, of, of everything, you know, the, the amount of work I put in, in all of these aspects or, or fields is for my children. Like I want to have a successful podcast network for, you know, my kids to like 
maybe if this gets big enough that they can take it over or it's just like something that they have a legacy of i i want to you know be successful in my career to provide you know the lifestyle that we have like my, my daughter <laughs> has been around the world you know she's tr she's she wants to go to paris next year so it's just like all right like let's figure it out Let, let's go um you know going to school to, to get this coding certificate like i want to i want to be able to to build a better lifestyle so that's that's really and then like fitness you know like being being a black man especially in my in my 30s like you especially coming from like the the her hereditary diseases like you know like i think diabetes is hereditary or like high blood pressure it's just like those things that are in my my gene pool it's just like we have to we have to navigate these things so i could be around so um that that looks like that's where fitness and lifestyle is completely you know you know affected and and i have to make sure i'm making the right life choices to be around so yeah it's it's literally the epitome of everything and it's so you know with kids and anyone that i work with that has kids it's this interesting conundrum right where kids especially small children eat so much time and require so much attention that it can be hard to find the spare time with everything else going on in life to invest in our health. But at the same time, they're also the biggest motivators to do so. Absolutely. And, and this, I think I hear my, my child coming down now. So I think for, for the most part, you know, that's where, you know, that's where it is, you know, of just trying to navigate these spaces and, and being the best version of me possible. I love it. Now, I, I, I want to end with giving you the opportunity, JG, to ask me any question. All right. Perfect. If you weren't in fitness, what would you be doing? Mm. Wow. That's a great question. And it's a tough question because I don't think I've ever thought about it. Part of me because so I got into fitness because I had no idea what I wanted to do. Mm hmm. Got my degree in psychology only because they were the classes that interested me the most. Mm -hmm. That was the only reason, but still had no idea what I wanted to do. So I kind of fell into this by accident and circumstance in a couple of ways. And so I've never thought about what else I would do. I think you would be a good school counselor. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. It's interesting too, because it's one of the interesting things of, you know, my entire adult professional career after since college has been building a business. Mm -hmm. That's been my only experience. Like I have not, I've worked in a commercial gym for one year, the first year I got into this industry, but since then it's been all on my own building, figuring it out. You know, that's, that's actually to know like where you're headed like for so long that's that's amazing actually like that's that's actually really amazing it's been an interesting ride because there's you know this there's been a couple of iterations of my business and what it looked like and what the goals were because everywhere along you know when i first started i wanted to open a brick and mortar gym that was mm -hmm. that was the anyone that was in fitness that's what it that's, was that's the goal kind of and then when i was renting space out of another facility i got to know the owner and we got to talk and hang out and i got to see the behind the scenes of what went into that and namely the stress that went into that and i was like mm, yeah i don't know if i want that oh, at all i'm gonna i'm gonna pass on all that so then it became okay how do i leverage other people's facilities but still allow room for growth and so i started partnering with different 
apartment complexes in the area to use their mm. fitness center for their residents. I was their fitness provider on site. Hmm. So they were basically just giving me free access to the fitness facilities at their building and the residents would pay me directly. I would charge them directly, but it allowed them to have this extra amenity that they could sell to their residents. And then, mm. you know, it was up to me to market it and build it or whatever. And that went well for a while until, you know, a lot of the apartments around here are all student-based. So mm. this turnover happens every year. There's not long. So it's like apartments. new clients every time. So it's new clients, but more importantly, it was new demand or lack thereof, right? Some mm. years, high demand for the programs, it'd be great. Other years, very low demand. People just weren't interested. So it was, it was unpredictable in the worst of ways. And uh, so then that's when that, that was like the second big iteration. And then it became to what it is now, which is the online space. Cause I wanted the freedom to be able to travel more. And I wanted to be able to still leverage other people's facilities, right? My mm-hmm. clients, they either have a home gym or they go to somebody else's gym. So I'm still leveraging that equipment and the use of that space but not having to be there directly. Not having to be there directly. That's- so it's, it's been a journey. It's been a journey. But as a result of that, I've learned so many different aspects. Skills, of it. Yeah. Right. Like being able to sell, being able to, you know, I did my website myself. So all of that, like I had to learn how to figure all that out and how to put that together and how it worked and how I fix it when it's broken and, and, you know, all that stuff or, you know, just like business administration, billing, payroll, like the whole, the whole nine. <laughs> I learned so much that I feel like I still have no idea what I would do if I wasn't in this space, mm-hmm. but I feel pretty confident that I have a diverse enough set of skills that I'd be able to find something that would be. And I, I feel like, like you're like, it's easy to kind of, for me, it's always been easy to find what's next. Like it's always been like, I never, I never stress or get like anxious. Like, oh, like, like I said, like I fell into teaching. Like, I wasn't supposed to be a teacher. I mean, I was supposed to be a teacher, but like, I started teaching to get off at three o'clock. Like that was that was it. Like I literally, I knew this job would get me off at three o'clock, and I could build my business after it. And it was just like the perfect job. Um, but I fell in love with it. Like, I was just like, oh, I like these kids. Like, these kids are pretty cool. And like, just being able to be an influence and, and the whole nine on students, it's just like, man, this is, this is great. Yeah. You know, it's, it would be some iteration of similar to what I'm doing now, which is helping people realize that they have more control over the experience of their life than Mm -hmm. they think that they do. Cause that's what, that what is what drives me in this business now and this fitness coaching business is the firsthand experience of being out of shape, being overweight, low self-esteem, no confidence, no future plans to now the life that I'm living and the experiences that I've had and the confidence that I have and the skills that I've developed and just the, the transformation of my life as a whole and the way that I experience it is something that a lot of people don't realize can happen this is true like it seems like a fantasy or it seems fake or like it's people just aren't cut out to do that but i know because i did it and i know the position and the person i was when i started versus where i am now that really anyone's capable of that so it would have to be some iteration of helping people realize that they can do more and they can experience more 
it's 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 almost like not a not a motivational coach, but just someone that that people may sometimes just sometimes people just need an extra push, like to to know that where they are with it and, and how far they can go. Yeah, absolutely. That was a good question. Oh, thank. Listen, man, this this is what I do. <laughs> this is what I do. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, I'll tell you what, JG, thank you so much for being on the of show. Course, I man. Thank your time, you. Your, your thoughts, your experiences, your journeys. Um, very quickly, because, you know, mm-hmm. you're, tell, tell listeners where they can find you if they want to see. Oh, absolutely. All social media platform. Everybody loves JG because they do. <laughs> for the most part uh you can follow audio wave network audio wave network on all social media platforms it's growing growing strong and it's it's we're having fun doing it so so yeah i love it i love it my man jg appreciate you so much thanks for of being of course man thank you appreciate you thanks for tuning in if you feel inspired by this story please share it with a friend if you'd like to book a free discovery call to talk with an a-team coach head to the episode description or visit us at ateamfit.com. That's A-T-E-A-M-F-I-T.com. We'll see you again soon.